Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, we have Jennifer McMurray on our show. She's from Arkansas and she specializes in live-in flips. And she just had so many great stories on each of her flips that she shared. What I think you'll appreciate most about this episode, ladies, is that she talks a lot about the power of live-in flips and the tax advantages and strategies. And most importantly, she talks about how she was able to pay off her student loan debt as a result. So just her path and she kind of goes through her progression on, on a lot of her living flips is awesome. And she didn't know much at all when she got started. So I think you really appreciate the episode. She also talks about one of my favorite subjects, which is dealing with contractors, right? And she gives very specifics on the strategies that she had applied in order to make her project successful. And I totally agree with her. That's where your project starts during the negotiation phase. So if you're looking to rehab a project, if you're looking to rent a project, you're going to have to deal with a general contractor or with, with a handyman. Take those, those strategies that she is recommending and apply in your business. Absolutely, hands down. Check it out. Do you ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, Visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com and use the promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. We are so excited to have Jennifer on our show today. Welcome, Jennifer, to our show and our tribe of women. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. So excited to jump into her story. It's absolutely fascinating. I have like 85 questions to ask you. So <laughs> we're going to get through about 80 of them, right? Today. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we do, we just want to welcome you ladies back. Uh, so excited to have you back on our show again for another great week. And we always like to connect with all of you. Uh, something that's coming up for us personally, professionally, and then we jump into the interview or the content, of course. We want to we want to get to it. We know you have a lot of things on your plate. So, mm -hmm. um, what's Swan going Jessa, on? What's going on? Well, I got to tell you what the coronavirus, right? Oh, I mean, I just got to I just got I just got to talk about this because it's like 
I don't, I'm not someone who watches the news. I haven't for probably 20 I, years. I was wondering that. I was going to say to you, hey, there's a, there's a thing called coronavirus that I think you should know about. No, I, that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, so today, you know, my husband's not feeling well and he's like, I think I have the coronavirus. I'm like, <laughs> no. I don't think you do, but um, I don't even know what goes into it. But why I wanted to bring it up on our show today is because, you know, like, like anything, if you plug into the world, you're going to get pulled into the world. And you have to be really guarded with your mind and your energy, because if, you, if you're not, it's so easy to get pulled, right? I'm, I'm sitting, I'm waiting for my son's bus this morning. Everyone was talking about it. I go to the supermarket and I touch something. And the woman that gave me my milk was like, well, you know about the coronavirus. So <laughs> I don't even watch the news yet. It's like swarming, right? So I just say that because in order to combat that, we all have to do things, whether it's the coronavirus or other things, but like, what are we receiving into our world? I'm healthy and whole. That is what I project, right? And that's what I want to focus on. But when you have all these people coming at you, right, in your world, how do you move through that? So how I move through is I just keep like, I, I hear fear, I hear worry, and I'm with something. And I'm like, okay, I'm healthy and whole. And that's what I'm that's what I am. And I think we all need to do that in our life, whether you have people complaining about their finances and you're creating wealth for yourself. You know, I'm financially free. I am financially. So, so those affirmations in the morning are great in the evening, but I think also in those moments of the day when we're dealing with doubt and fear and other people's stuff, we have to come back with affirmations as well. So just wanted to share that. Yeah, I I used I usually say that I kind of I brainwash my brain with the stuff that I want to. Yeah. Oh, I right? like that. Yeah, if I'm gonna brainwash my brain, so let me brainwash <laughs> with stuff that I really want. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mine as well. Um, so I'm very limited too with uh, the the news that I watch and what shows I watch, mm -hmm. um, the time that I watch. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very conscious because otherwise I'm going to bed thinking about all the stuff that happened around me in yep. the world. It's not that I want to be isolated. It's, it's not that. I really mindful of, of, of the news. Um, I, I, for those that don't know, I was a journalist in my other life. So I understand what sells and I get it that what, matters is really the audience looking in so yeah. more like now we're we're seeing shortage of masks and different stuff so getting informed absolutely so so you can be uh understanding of what's going on but panicking then is another another level right i think we all need to do to be conscious about what's what's going on but be mindful of the extension that we we get our minds into for sure yeah, yeah absolutely um which i'm sure we're going to get into as we talk with 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 jennifer because she's been doing some amazing things here um like we always do we like to kind of kick things off with our interview sharing how you got pulled into this 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 business of real estate investing you know how did it begin for you well, it was completely by accident, not really by choice. <laughs> um, I, I call myself an accidental house flipper. I had no intention of doing this. I grew up in a real estate family. My dad owns a real estate brokerage, has owned that for 45 years. And when your dad um, owns a real estate firm and he was a real estate investor, that's code for your free labor 
as a child. <laughs> so, you know, Jennifer, here's a scraper, start scraping paint or, you know, pulling weeds or sitting at open houses. And it was so boring to me as a child. I didn't want to do it. This was dad's gig. Um, fast forward several years and I was broke and bought a house um, that was just awful. It had patriotic wallpaper everywhere and holes in the carpet and it was in a retirement village <laughs> and I was in my 20s but it's all I could afford and I just started fixing it up and at the end of the two-year mark no intentions of anything but just having a roof over my head with that house and at the end of the two-year mark you know dad kind of started planting the seed well you know you could sell this house and not pay any taxes. And we we're in the middle of the recession. Um, so kind of in my defiant attitude as I typically, dad, you're wrong, but I'd like to prove you wrong. So let's <laughs> put it on the market because there's no way it's going to sell for what you said. Um, and it sold in a week over what he said in the middle of the recession. And I was hooked. And that was just the first domino that fell that was a string of dominoes that are still going today. So big, big part is dad, you know, so. Wow. You know, when you say, oh, I didn't plan it. I don't know if like anybody plans like, <laughs> oh, let me think, let me just think like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to go in a dirty, dirty <laughs> house. Right. With the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, with the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So and I think that you 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 didn't know all the skills that you were learning while you were yeah. going through all this stuff yeah. with your dad. So that first house that you you showed it, you follow his his lead. He probably was seeing it far away and was like, Oh my gosh, we'll see she, she sees it, right? <laughs> One of the few times he was right. <laughs> <laughs> So, so after that, what, what, in what point it was like your decision to say, yeah, this is what I want to do. And this is why I want to do it. The next house, house number two. I so was... talk to me about it. What happened there? So after I sold um, flip one simultaneously, what was going on in my life is that I was just dirt poor. I was grossing $24,000 a year. I was working multiple jobs and drowning in $70,000 worth of student loan debt. So if you do the math there, <laughs> it's not adding up, you know, like to a financially free life. Um, it was just not good. And so I took actually part of the profits from that flip one um, and paid a big chunk of my student loans. And I, for the first time ever, saw my student loan balance go down and I was like, whoa, I think maybe this is this is it. This is the key to paying off the student loans. So I did the exact same thing on the second house. I found a house that, um, you know, we're still in the recession, but I found a foreclosure and I moved into it. Same thing, two year live and flip to avoid the capital gains uh, and bought, uh, you know, sold it after the two year mark and paid another big chunk. Um, and then within five years, the student loan balance was gone. You know, I don't have any student loan debt. So paying off 70,000 with uh, live in flips, if I wasn't already hooked, that definitely did it. And now obviously um, 
I use the money for something else, you know, for different investments and because I don't have the debt anymore. Yeah. So. so for those of you that are listening, she mentioned twice that she sold it after the two year mark. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for it. Yes. It was not like coincidence, right? <laughs> right. Very so, calculated. <laughs> tell us about it. So I also have the benefit that not only does my dad own a real estate brokerage, but he owns a tax preparation company. So um, taxes are um, his native language as well. And uh, at the first flip, when he started planting the seeds of selling it, he said, you know, there's this thing called the capital gains exemption. If it's your primary residence and you live there for two years, you don't have to pay any taxes on the gains. And that for sure sounded way too good to be true because, you know, the government doesn't give you freebies like that, right? So um, he was right again, one of the other few times he was right. And so each time that I've done live-in flips, I make sure my closing date is always right after the two-year mark. And I just get that check tax-free. Uncle Sam's getting none of it, which is awesome. That's really cool. And, you know, so, so you've lived in a couple of flips. So these were the first couple of properties. What, you know, as, as I really want to transition to your live-in long-term hold, because so many times we hear about live-in flips, but you've actually now applying it to holding it, right? Holding that property. Right. So I really want to get to, but those first two deals, like what, someone listening and they maybe done a couple live-in flips or they want to get into this to help pay down some of the debt they have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's perfect for their time, where they are in their life, all those sort of things add up. What like three things wish you would have known before you got started? Like if you known these three things, right? You know, I don't know if so, there's probably more than three, I'm I was sure. Say, but, am I allowed to say more than Yeah, three? like 25, go for it, yeah, go for it. 85. <laughs> um, well, I will say I, first flip, I didn't even own a hammer. I just didn't own tools. I didn't know how to do anything. So I wish I would have been way more well-versed in how to do things. Um, I think it would have made the process a lot easier. Um, I, I was real fortunate on the first property that I was dating a boy at the time that just knew how to do absolutely everything. Um, and I just kind of became his apprentice. Show me how, you know, you install wood floors. Show me how you hang a light fixture, whatever. Um, but prior to that, you know, that was a year into the flip before he came on the scene. So, but you're raising a great point that I think women need to listen and really hear that they may not, their boyfriend may not be handy. God, I wish my yeah, husband was, right. you know, my husband's <laughs> never been handy. Right. You know, I yeah. fix things more than right. he <laughs> He's like, can you get someone who's done? I'm like, it's putting a frame on the wall. <laughs> think we can handle that. Yeah. I think we can You'll handle have to that. Hire but, that out. But anyway, um, I really want women to hear what you just said in that someone that you like and trust it doesn't necessarily be your boyfriend, your yeah, husband, right. whomever, but it could be somebody locally flipping. It could yeah. be someone in your networking group. Mm -hmm. And someone's like, Oh, I got this great project under contract. I'm excited about it. You're like, Hey, can I come and help you and go yeah. run errands for you? Yes. Like we all can apprentice under someone. And there's so many opportunities that all of us are like, I don't know where to learn these things. Mm -hmm. I have to pay a million dollars to someone mm -hmm. to teach me. Go, go to your yeah. local rear group, go to a, yeah. a local invest her meetup. Last, um, one of the New Jersey meetups we had, woman raised her hand. She goes, I'm, I'm um, renovating a four unit and I'm going to be, um, and, I, and anyone wants to come on a Saturday morning to just walk through it with me, I'd love to show you what I'm up to. That's completely awesome. Completely for free, completely yeah. to support you. 
I'm like, 10 hands went up. I'm like, yeah, of course. take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, versus like complaining or oh, I don't know where to go. Like there's so much. So I just wanted to make that a point because yeah. I hear it all the time in our forums and our groups. Like people don't know where to go yeah. to get the support. Um, and what you're saying is great because I think you had a great opportunity, but we all yeah. have opportunities. So sorry about well, that. Well, I will say, well, kind of to piggyback off what you said, you know, he was only on the scene for the first house. He has not been on the scene for the rest yeah. of them. So, you know, picked him out. You're like, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we were finishing up and he was doing so much, dad was like, now listen, Jennifer, don't you dare break up with that boy till that house is done. He's like, I know I'm going to have to kick in where if he's gone. And you know, we broke up a, a week after I finished the house. So timing Aww. was good. But, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is since then, what I started doing is, you know, if I hired an electrician or I hired a guy to install, I don't know, floor, whatever. Can you walk me through what, what you're doing? How, now, why are you doing that? And I mean, I, I kind of have a reputation with my subject. I'm going to ask you 10 million questions. And a lot of them would say, yeah, come here, show you how to do it and learn from them so that I don't have to hire. Them. Right. <laughs> there, there is a big difference. What you're saying, I think is so important. This is why I'm like interrupting here. So yeah, for, for all of you get, that are listening, pay attention to what she's saying right now. She's not uh, questioning the guy. Why are you doing yeah. this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The intention. I think that when you're communicating with your electrician, Hey, um, can you tell me here why is this happening? Yeah, because right. I really want to understand and yeah. help, uh, you know, help me to understand right. how this process works here so we can continue working and make things yeah. easier on the next one. Yeah. But if you don't explain that to your guy, he or she, right? Who right. knows? Might get a little defensive about it sure. and, and like take it personal. And sure. then you, you know when that happened, when they tell you, well, I got started in 19, whatever, and I have 40 years of experience, blah, 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 right? So make that point right up front. Hey, I'm going to ask you questions because I'm very curious and I'm interested in what you do. If that person really loves doing what he or she does, we're more than happy to talk to you about everything. Sure, yes. Right? Isn't, yeah. isn't it so cool? And I think it's also when you're approaching them, your, your tone um, and how you approach it. Uh, if you're treating them with respect, I think that is a, a big thing. If you're treating them with respect and you're genuinely coming across as just inquisitive as, as how you learn to do your trade. And that's usually how, now how'd you get into laying tile? How'd you learn? And, and it becomes a dialogue so that I'm not drilling them, like, like you said, so. Absolutely. I remember... Um, my first, first house. And I told the guys like, listen, I'm going to shadow you because I really want to understand. And it's so funny. That was the first time ever I bought a house. And that was the first time ever I did an underpinning. I underpinned the basement. I did not know at that time how complicated Thank goodness we did it with, you know, an engineer yeah. with inspectors and everything was done the right way. But that was an awesome, awesome lesson for yeah. me that propelled me to, okay, I know if you're doing right or wrong. Right, right. Because my first guy, don't get me wrong, I overpaid that guy so much. Yeah. That's fine. And I will do it all over again because yeah. I really pay for the lessons. Right. That, that is the key, the key point. So when you look back 
and, and you have those conversations, had those conversations with them, as Liz was mentioning, like, what were like the, the key, key points that you wish you knew then that you know now? So, um, I didn't, I think this is a question I get asked the most, well, how do you know how much they should be charging? How do you know how much to budget? How do you know what's normal labor? And I never have a really great concrete answer for that. Um, but I really didn't have a concrete answer for that at the first flip. I mean, if you said, yeah, that's going to be $3,000. Okay. That's, I guess that's, that's what people charge. Okay. And then I would just decide if I wanted to do it myself or not. Now I'm, I'm not in that boat. If, if a sub is throwing out a number, no, that's ludicrous. I'm not paying that. Or that's too cheap. And that actually worries me. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah. looking for that sweet <laughs> spot in, in the middle. Um, and I think that the negotiating and, and knowing if I'm being taken advantage of or, or not, um, I just did not know that then. And I think going back to what you said, you overpaid. I think every investor will go through that at some point you've overpaid, um, but it brought you great lessons. And I think that was something that, and I think that's why I always have a disappointing answer for people. I'm like, you just learn as you go. It's just mm -hmm. one of the, you got to get burnt once on, on a bad sub or overpaying or whatever the case may be, but it's a valuable, valuable lesson. Um, but I just did not know really how to negotiate with subs and, and, and how that all worked. I just didn't, even though, you know, watching dad do it through the years, it's totally different if you're the woman. So circling, circling back to what you just said about the negotiation, just to, just to go there for a moment. Yeah. When you say you learned a lot, what, what do you now know, or what can you, cause negotiation is a big, big piece of this business. Um, and I think we're all figuring that out basis, our own personality, our own right. style. So how have you been able to navigate that? What works for you? So what I typically do um, beyond getting multiple bids um, is that if a sub gives me um, a bid, let's say $3,000 for whatever the job is, I need you to break that down for me. What is the 3000 covering in, in labor? What is that covering in parts? What's your markup on parts? Whatever the case may be. Um, because I may go through and cherry pick your um, bids instead of just saying it's $3,000, period. Um, I, I never just take it at face value. I want to know how much you're upcharging me. And sometimes if I don't like the amount of upcharge that you're giving me on a bid, okay, cut out the materials. I'll get them myself. Um, and then I'm just going to pay you labor. Um, or, you know, I'll say, Hey, if I start the demo, what will you cut off your, uh, bid? You know, there's a lot of different ways that I've gone through to negotiate. It really does depend on the job, the project and my timeline, how much I will, um, go back and forth, but, um, putting numbers down, I, I never take verbal bids anymore, putting numbers to paper and, looking at it. And I think this also goes back to, I just know what you should be charging me and I know what materials cost. So if you're charging me a thousand dollars more than I had budgeted, I'm going to need you to fully justify that extra thousand right. dollars. So that's great. Great recommendation. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? 
I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. I think that, uh, so for the ladies that don't have that experience yet, I'll, I'll share with you guys a couple of tips, right? Um, so I work in construction all the time. And the, the one way, right there, I, I bet there are several ways. I'm going to just share one, one way that I usually do to know how much something needs to cost. So I have a very clear description. Let's say the kitchen. Let, let's use the kitchen as an example, right? You write the scope of work of what it needs to be done. Oh, let's say install new countertops, new uh, cabinets, handles, mm-hmm sink, faucet, you name all of that. And then you give also the finishes that you want because for one person might be something and for the other person might yeah. be something else. So be very clear with that. And then you get between two or three bids. Mm-hmm. So all of them are going to have the same scope of work, the same finishes. So the numbers that you're going to get is going to be very, very, very similar. It should be very, very should similar. Be. Should it be. should be, right? <laughs> So as Jen said, you want them to break down. You don't want like a lump sum, Mm -hmm. like one page lump sum. That doesn't help you. But if you break down, as she mentioned, you you can compare with them and say, hey, and then you are going to find where the discrepancies are. Mm -hmm. And and I, I agree with Jen. I want the sweet spot. The cheapest guy... The cheapest guy, I'm telling you, is going to cost you the most. He's the most expensive always. He's the yes. most expensive of all yeah. of them. I am. I never, ever in all those years, every time when I went with the cheapest guy, he took the most of my time and that cost me much more, mm-hmm. much more. So be very careful when you are selecting people and when you're negotiating. My sweet deal is to negotiate with a higher bid to get to the middle. That yeah, is the That's the a point. great tip. So negotiation tactics. Love it. Jen, tell me, <laughs> what are your negotiation tactics when you are talking to somebody? 
So with this, it's a little different now, um, just because I've now got my, my crew of subs for the most part that I use and they know Jen's not going to go for that. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, just right? know, you know, uh, starting out, I, it just, I would, did not have a good crew. I was learning as I, as I went making mistakes and, and overpaying, um, back then, like if they give me this $3,000 bed, let's say, you know, I think, how can, I would ask him, how, how can I get that down? Is there anything that we could do that would get that cheaper? So it feels like I'm not attacking them. Um, but it feels like we're coming together um, in an agreement that I'm not saying your bid that I can't do it, but I just, I need us to get creative in our solutions to get those numbers down. Can we switch from, you know, this finish to this finish? Will that decrease my numbers if I do the demo? Um, it goes back to questions. Man, I ask so many questions. And so I may say, well, what supplier are you using for this part. Have you checked this supplier? But sometimes they're a little cheaper. Um, and I think that also goes down to getting that breakdown. Um, I have found though, for the most part, I, I don't follow this religiously just based on timeline, but when I get a breakdown, they're always upcharging me on materials. So nine times out of 10, I'll say take materials out and I'll just supply materials. A, I'm, I can have it here. It, I'm not gonna upcharge myself and I'm gonna get airline miles because I'm going to put it on my credit card. So. Exactly. I want to emphasize something that you, you said that is so, so important. So ladies, she didn't ask the, the, the sub, can you make this cheaper or can you? She asked, how can we, how can we? She's not asking can. Yeah. She's asking how, because we're right. going to. We're going to, and now we need to figure out how. And when she says we instead of you, it's not personal. We are like a team. And so how can we work this out? How can we make this better? How can we figure this out? That is like a, a mindset that if you apply everywhere, the person is not going to feel attacked, just respect right. it. Or think that, oh, you're so cheap. Like, no, how can we figure this out? Let's look. Yeah. Are you open to look? Are you open yeah. to, to see if there are some spots that we can? There always, there's always, always. a spot. <laughs> Do, have you found like that? That there's yes. always? Yes. And, and if you have a good sub, they're willing to have that conversation with you. Um, if it's, nope, that's it. Okay, well, then I'm, you're probably not the sub for me. And I think that's also one of those things when I started, I didn't know that I just like, okay, then we need to part ways. We're not going to work well together and be okay with that and move mm -hmm. on to the next one. And when you find the sweet spot of a crew and a, and a sub that is just willing to work with you and willing to work with your budget and your timeline, man, I will, I say this all the time, I'll pay up for you. If you will show up on time and you're sober and you do good work, I will pay up for you. <laughs> you're sober. <laughs> That is so true. Well, it's a rarity, unfortunately. <laughs> That's why I'll pay up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So take us through the flip you're doing now. So you're doing a live and flip that you are going to hold. Is this a single family? Is this a multifamily? Tell us a little bit about that. that so it's, it's a single family. Um, I've had it two and a half years. Uh, what was super interesting to me about this property and the reason that I purchased it was that it had a detached garage out back 
that the previous owner built. Um, it was a, an older gentleman that was into woodworking and he wanted a shop. So it was very much a shop, very industrial and, and, and tools and sawdust everywhere. But that to me was where the money was at, was in that detached garage with a broken garage door, um, a hole in the ceiling, you know, man, I saw dollar signs the second I walked in there because that was not included in the square footage. And I thought I can include this in the square footage and get a huge return on this house just based on the detached garage alone. So that's what I have slowly in my spare time been doing is turning that garage into a detached apartment. And I, I've said this several times, I, I flipped houses a lot faster than I'm flipping this garage. <laughs> What's happening? It's just, you know, it, we started with fighting the city. This was not um, a very common thing, especially I'm in the historic district saying, hey, I want to turn a garage into a detached apartment and I want it to be income producing. And there was some static over that, but got through that uh, and tried to do as much work as I could myself um, just to save on the budget. But we're, we're on the home stretch. We're on the home stretch of that I'm projecting, hoping it's going to be done in the next month, two months. Um, and it is totally livable. It now has a full bathroom. It has heat and air. It's got a little kitchenette. Um, it's a little 425 square foot, Perfect. um, little studio apartment Aww. that, um, on the resale side is just, having an income producing where someone could buy, move into this house and house hack if they wanted to um, has a tremendous value. So that is kind of where I've been. I, I've slowly been fixing up the house too, but it was in really great shape. I um, really just needed some cosmetic stuff. The, the bulk of my energy went to that. So that are garage. you going to Airbnb it for now? <sighs> Possibly. Um, you know, that's still up in the air again with the city. Um, our, our, little area that is becoming more and more of a question sure uh, so to be determined is the answer <laughs> yeah and I love I love that you went into this project too as like the adding value perspective and like looking at the garage yeah. not as like a pain but right. as an opportunity Gosh, you know, yes. because, because you know you know you have to run your numbers okay, so this single family home, I'm going to rent it at X. I'm buying it for Y. You mm -hmm. run your numbers with the asset you're getting. Yes. But there is a part of investing and buying property that there's an, up, there's an opportunity, right? Yes. And, and that is part of the decision-making process, you, you right. know? And I think it's that, that value-add perspective, whether it's you're buying a small multifamily and you are going to, you know, add enough work to those apartments with new this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. So you can add $150 to that rent. That's a value add. What you did was also a value add where you took a detached garage, right? And you're renovating it as another income producing yeah. opportunity. That was not the case at that time. So, you know, when you go look at ladies, when you go look at these properties and all these things, like a lot of what most people will say is a pain is dollar signs if you're mm -hmm. looking at it in the right way, you know? And I think that's just a great, great point I just wanted to mention because I think not everyone would have looked at it like you did. And I think that's important because we need to look at those things and consider them as yes. we're evaluating deals. Because I think, um, you know, if this property did not have the detached garage, I wouldn't have bought in. The numbers would not have made sense. Got it. Um, but that, that garage just added 
significant value to the property. So it made the numbers make sense. So um, anytime now, if I see in a listing or if I'm visiting, it's got a detached garage. Oh my God, let me go. I'm, I may be interested, you know, because there's yeah. such an opportunity for increased square, square footage. So that's amazing. And you can also, if let's say Airbnb didn't work, you can still have like an in-law suite or yep. something for a future family. So I always yeah. think like, okay, if plan A goes down to the drain, what is plan right. B? What is plan C? And then yes. keep going. So you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you had a student loan, yes. right? God, yes. And it sounds that you don't have it anymore. I do not, no. So for so many people that are listening to us that are investors now, or they have a, a W-2 and they still pay the student loan. I have a friend, she told me the amount that she pays. Mm. It's like a leg that she <laughs> gives away <laughs> every month. Yeah. It's and insanity. I, I don't have a student loan. So right. I did not know this world of student oh. loans. And I was like, it's like, okay, you are on this marathon, but guess what? You're going to walk without a leg. So go. <laughs> and then luck. I was like, how is this possible? Yeah. And I was like, she's not into real estate, but I was like, we need to figure out something yeah. so yes. you can really pay this quicker. She yes. was like, how is it like a foreigner language for her? So for you, how were you able to pay $70,000 in student loan? So um, I took, whenever I sold flip one, I took half of the profits and dedicated towards the next house, flip two. Uh, but the other half, I just threw at the principal. You did not go on a vacation? I did not go Aww. on a vacation. I did you not buy a Chanel bag? <laughs> I did not. Aww. I know. Go figure. I must not be a true <laughs> I say this all the time and it uh, never really goes down well, but the power of inconvenience is how you will pay off your student loans. If you're not oh. willing to be inconvenienced, then you're going to die with that debt. Um, I was willing to be inconvenienced by living on a, in a flip and in a construction zone. And I was willing to be inconvenienced and move every two years. Um, I was willing to be inconvenienced that I spent my nights and weekends painting or tearing up floors or, or whatever, because it got me to my end goal, which was to be debt free. Um, when I mention it to, you know, I, I, I have student loan debt, how can I it? Well, real estate will be your friend. You need to move. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to. And the excuses roll. Okay. Well then you're not ready to be debt free. Um, when you're ready to be debt-free, you're ready to be inconvenienced, whatever it takes to get you there. I love that. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? You know, it's yeah. like that. It's like another way of saying like delayed gratification. Yes. I'm a big fan of that too. It's like you, yeah, I mean, people will say, oh, you know, this or that, how did you get started? And I'm like, yeah, we lived in a small home for a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, I didn't, we didn't just keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. I'm cheap yes. as hell, you yes, know, I still too. am. But, um, <laughs> But you know, like those sort of things, like, are you willing? I like that. I like that as a question. Cause it's like, just be, you know, sometimes you just say like, you know, are you willing to be delay your gratifications, but are you willing to be inconvenienced so that mm -hmm. you can have what you want? And I think right. it's a nice way of saying it. I think that's very, um, you know, just kind of gets your reels turning and hopefully the women listening and, or yeah. even the women that they're interacting with their friends. Yes. Yeah. So that's, and that's I awesome. think, you know, uh, as I mentioned, the excuses typically roll in. But if I'm grossing $24,000 um, with $70,000 in student loan debt and I can do it, 
Um, anyone can do it. And I think that you just have to buckle down and say, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And I have no regrets. All of the inconveniences over those five years, no regrets. You would Absolutely. be where you are today. Right. Really exactly. Neat. <laughs> really and neat. You guys mentioned something that I just don't want to, you know, pass. You talked about the friends, right? Then you, when you share with your friends and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Aren't we going to Florida? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, what? Yeah. Right. So it is not easy to share that you are on a path of financial freedom mm -hmm. and there are friends that say, no, no, what are you talking about? Or not support you. I'm not saying to ditch those friends, but I'm saying ditch those friends <laughs> for certain moments. Right. Right. So you, you got to hang out with some people, but your environment will determine also how fast and how well you get there. So surround yourself with people with the right mindset that will support mm -hmm. you, that yes. will cook in instead of ordering because <laughs> they also are in a path or they're right. just there to support you, yeah. you know? So you need that, that those friends do. And yeah. if you don't have them on your list, hang out, look for a community like the, like the investor community, for example, you will find people that will say, I get, I totally get where you're coming from and I will support you. What can I do to help? Yeah. So you need to have those support systems around you for sure. That's awesome. Absolutely true. Yeah. Jennifer, this has been amazing. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you and keep up with all your projects? Cause it's like, this is, this is better than HGTV, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd love for y'all to come hang out with me um, on Instagram. It's Bachelorette Pad Flip. I also have a blog and a website where I chronicle each flip and project. Uh, that's bachelorettepadflip.com. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. All Bachelorette Pad Flip. So easy to find. That's great. And all this information you guys are going to find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And Jen, the first one is, what's the most impactful book you have ever read? So I don't read real estate books. I've never read a real estate book. So this book, wow. <laughs> I just, I've got, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So um, I don't read real estate books, but the book that I've read that I, it's the book I guessed it's, just life-changing to me was The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Um, phenomenal book. He was a college professor that received a terminal diagnosis. He knew that he was dying, hence the title, The Last Lecture. And this is his last lecture kind of geared towards his children, um, all of his life lessons written down oh. in a book. Um, phenomenal book with some really great practical tips anywhere from dating to money to work. Um, great book. Highly wow. recommend reading it. If you prefer to listen, um, he actually recorded the last lecture on YouTube and it's on there as well. Mm. Nice. And the second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Apart from living within my means, um, that helps me live financially free. Actually, I would say I live far below my means. Um, I think that's key. The other routine to keep me feel a little balanced and sane in my crazy life is that I have a carved out appointment every Thursday uh, at lunch. I go and I hang out with our homeless and we eat together. And I 
started out, you know, going to help them, but it has become a critical part of my week that just gives me new perspective when I am super stressed or I've got deadlines that I don't know that I'm going to meet. I just get a walk away with a whole new perspective. And I've made some friends with our homeless community. My clients know that, hey, Jen's not meeting at lunch and my subs know I'm not going to be there at lunch on Thursday. It's a non-negotiable in my schedule. So whatever that is that makes you feel stress-free or relaxed, it should be a non-negotiable in your schedule. So <laughs> that's awesome. The last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Um, can I say two? <laughs> okay. Uh, one would be my grandma um, lived through the, Depression, um, and I think living through the depression greatly impacted uh, how she viewed money and resources, and that rubbed off on me. She was very frugal um, and very strong, went through a lot in her life. Um, so I would say absolutely, she is one. And then my mom, my mom grew up in poverty, um, lived in a house with no indoor plumbing until she got married to my dad. Um, and ended up just killing it in the boys club at Walmart. She started, you know, when Walmart was new, uh, and Sam Walton took note of her and, you know, before he died, this girl that grew up in poverty and a house with no plumbing ended up in the world's richest man's biography. Um, so when Sam Walton wrote his book, he included my mom in it because she just had this powerful story of overcoming poverty and achieving financial freedom. Um, through her career at Walmart. So I would say mom and grandma. It's <laughs> amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. I, yeah. gotta, I, I, I always wanted to read his book. Now I'll be like, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh. I know yes. someone in that book. Yes, Made in America. You <laughs> need to go mom. read it. Mom's in there. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on our show, sharing your great tips. Um, wish you the absolute best with what you're Thank up to. You. You're gonna be up to some amazing things. Thank you so much. So, thanks for being here with us. Thank yeah, you thanks guys. so much, Jen. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.